that was fun, but real, right? Uh, we're in our series called Social Media, and it's been a really good series so far. And the heartbeat of this um, is how we can be authentic Christ followers in a social media world, and uh, really that's where we're at. Uh, we have a social media culture that we are all living in, and so the past two weeks we've talked about some important things. Week one we talked about contentment and how social media has really affected how we are content. It's really made us discontent, and, and you see that through comparison, right? And you see what others put out there, and uh, you compare your life to that and, and things like that, and you, you think about that a lot. Last week we talked about relationships, and man, what an important topic, you know, especially with our, our family, within our marriages, with our kids, and how social media can be dangerous in driving that wedge in between our close relationships, and we need to get back to biblical relationships. So if you missed one of those weeks, you can go to our website and catch back up. Today we are really going to get down to the me part, right, of social media, the me part. We're going to be talking about authenticity and what it means for me to be an authentic Christ follower. And we're going to go through this and you're going to think about other people. Yeah, but what I really hope you do is maybe uh, consider yourself, right? Think about your own life and, and if you are an authentic Christ follower. What does it mean to be authentic, by the way? Right? Um, I thought I knew coffee, right? And I loved coffee before and then we went to Costa Rica. I know I keep talking about that, but it's a big deal for me, right? To, to fly on a plane and go to another country. So I'm going to talk about it. But uh, so I thought I loved coffee until I had the real Costa Rican coffee. You know what I mean? That was authentic coffee. And I'm, so I'm spoiled now, and I truly miss it. But uh, Matt was talking to me about going into town, and you, he said you can get you a genuine Rolex for 20 bucks. I'm like, okay, right? But uh, I, 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 you might be this way too. I'm a name brand person. Is anybody else a name brand person? What I mean by that is you go to the store and you, there's specific brands that you buy. And listen, you don't have to be uptight and high class to buy a name brand. I, you know, I look for sales, right? I use coupons too. But it just seems like the name brand, they're more genuine. They're better quality. They last longer. You get what you pay for with name brand stuff and so there's nothing better than the real thing there's not I mean that's as good as it gets isn't it so authentic means real it means genuine it means pure and that's what we're going to be looking at today now as we transition into this message with the rise of technology and the rise of social media came the rise of selfies okay does anybody know what a selfie is by the way, you can't get somebody else to take your picture and call it a selfie. I thought that was funny, but <laughs> I've seen people try to do it. That's not a selfie. But uh, it's when you take a snapshot of yourself, and I looked this up. You, this was first used, this word, in 2002, right? You, you remember the, the old days, how we used to have to do it? I mean, you, you got your camera and you, you propped it up on a tripod or on a table or something. And you set the timer, then you run as fast as you can to get back to the person and maybe fake your pose, right? You mean, <laughs> that was the selfie back in the day. You actually, it was hard work. You were sweating after that selfie, you know. 
But uh, today, it's, it's different. Those days are gone. We can do it instantly. And, and we even got these things called selfie sticks that make it easier for us, right? Um, and the thing is, with selfies, we can add what uh, is called filters. Filters, right? Those are, those are fun. And, and fil- the thing with filters is they remove the bad. They remove the bad in us, the bad on us. And, and the other thing with filters is that they add what's not there, right? So it does two things in one. We can alter pictures. We can edit out what we don't want people to see. And conversely, we can add in what, exactly what we want people to see. We can do this with hair. We can do this with our eyes, the blemishes. You know, you got a pimple or is it? You just make it go away, right? Um, here's, here's my selfie. Look at this here. The, the Fonz meets Elvis, right? I mean, that's y'all know that's not really me, right? I mean, that's not, right, okay. You get that. This stuff is fun. It really is. I love this stuff about social media. My wife, we, my kids, we all do this, and we put these filters on and these things, and we just laugh. We have a good time. Um. But on the serious side, we just don't do this with pictures, right? We do this with our lives. We, we do this with how we portray our lives to the world. We, we actually add filters to our lives. So how has social media and technology affected authenticity? It's, it's affected it in a big way. And I want you to write this down. We can show people the me we want them to see. We can show people the me we want them to see. It's given us like no time before, like no time previously. It's given us the ability to be someone we're not. It's given us a platform to present to the world a certain image of ourselves. So, I mean, just think about it. So many people use social media, right? So many people. So many people have the ability to see you, to see me, to see what we look like, to see what we're doing, to see our interests, to see our family, to see our faith, to see our life. Like no time before do we have the ability to put that out there for the world to see. And so the thing is with social media, we can be somebody else out there and be somebody different here. We don't have to show people the real me. We can show them the me we want them to see, right? So here's how it's affected authenticity. It's made it harder to be authentic. It's made it easier to be unauthentic, right? Which is a big problem when we start talking about being a Christian, when we start talking about our faith. Let me ask you this tough question are you an authentic Christ follower young person old person doesn't matter are you an authentic Christian or is your faith filtered right you know God wants us to be authentic Christians Jesus invited us invites people to follow him not to appear 
to follow him, but to really follow him. And so Jesus had some pretty strong words about being authentic. He did, and, and the majority of our scripture is going to be about this teaching. And it's, on, uh, it's in Matthew chapter 6, and this is the Sermon on the Mount. And it's, you think I preached long? Right? This is a, f- a five-chapter sermon. So, uh, you know, a long time Jesus had a lot to say. And it, he was talking to people that were following him around. Right? He had done some things. They were interested. They were curious. And they were, they were like following him around. But some of them may not have been sincere. Right? And so he uses this time to say, look, if you want to be a Christ follower, if you want to be a genuine follower of me, Here's what you need to do. So Matthew 6, 1, he says this, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Right off the get-go, right? I mean, he's not tickling these people's ears. He's saying, be careful not to. Not to do these things, not to do things in front of others with the intent of being seen. And uh, that leads us to this term called hypocrisy. And we throw that term around a lot. Maybe we hear that a lot about Christians from non-Christians and um, hypocrisy and uh, what a hypocrite is. And it's, it's actually an interesting word. It's an old, old, old word and it means one who wears a mask. One who wears a mask, and if you were to define that in our day, one who wears a filter, right? And it, it describes an actor wearing a mask, and what is a mask anyway? I mean, Halloween's coming up. What, what is it? It's a show for others, but it also is a disguise for yourself. It shows others one thing, and it covers up who you truly are. So hypocrisy is actually the opposite of authenticity. That's all it is. It's the, the exact opposite. And Jesus said if you do that, if you live like that, God's not going to be in that. And God will not bless that. There, there are so many people out there today wearing masks. And, and in this section of scripture, Jesus talked about different masks that people wear. And, and I started reading through this, and I'm like, whoa, people really still wear these masks today. So let's, let's talk about these, and we're going to go through these really quickly. Three ways that we wear a mask. First of all is the mask of goodness. The mask of goodness. And, and what I mean by that is appearing to be good. Appearing to, to do good. And, and you're... You're wanting to portray a positive image of yourself or of your family out there, right? What maybe it's you saw in the video, maybe it's helping out or serving or giving to the needy or participating in a fundraiser or doing something nice for your neighbor, right? Appearing to do good. Those things are good. But remember what Jesus said right off the gate. Be careful. Be careful. Matthew 6, 2. So when you give to the needy, that's a pretty good thing, right? I mean, that's what we're called to do. That's, what, that's how we love others. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward 
in full. Now, in this context, Jesus is talking mainly about the religious leaders, right? They were supposed to be the people of the faith. They were supposed to be the example in the community. And that's who Jesus is talking about. And what they would do is they announced what they were doing for everyone to see. That's what it means by trumpets there. There literally was not trumpets playing, but that's what they made it look like. They announced it for all to see, to be honored by others. They wanted everyone to see them doing good. And Jesus said, if that's why you're doing it, right, then people seeing you is all you're going to get. You're going to get what you want, but that's it. That's all. I won't be in that. My Father will not bless that, right? Look, so for us, when we do good things, obviously that's not bad. That's not bad, but when we put it out there that we are doing good things, that's not bad either. But here's the big question. Why are you doing it? Why? What is the motive? And are you that way all the time? Right? So many people do good things and then they put it out there just so others might think better of them. So they might think that they're a good person. And that is the mask of goodness. When we want to appear to be good, we want our goodness to be front and center for all to see. The second mask that uh, we wear today is the mask of faith. The mask of faith. Appearing to have a certain level of faith. Appearing to be religious. And look, I see this all of the time. Um, especially with social, social media. Maybe it's Bible verses that we're posting. Maybe it's religious quotes. Maybe it's posts or pictures of us on our way to church or out at the steps or in front of the church. I see it all the time. Again, we have to hearken those red words in our Bible. Be careful. Matthew 6, 5. And when you pray, hey, that's a pretty faith thing to do, right? To pray. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So he's talking about the faith people, the religious people. He said, don't be like them. Man, how terrible is that? Don't be like them. These individuals, they made a big deal about prayer, and prayer is a big deal. Right? But they did it in order to be seen by others. It was, it was all a show. It was all in public. It was all for everybody else to see. And Jesus said the same thing again. If you're doing those things in order to be seen, then you're going to get what you wanted and nothing more. That's it. So look, is it bad to share a Bible verse on social media? No, absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying. Is it bad to share inspiration or positive things on social media? No, it's not, but why are you doing it? 
What is the motive behind it? And does your public post match your private life? What I mean by that is you may post a Bible verse on social media, but do you actually read the Bible? You, you may post something about loving God, how much you love God, how much he loves you, but do you actually spend time talking to him? And praying and reading his word, right? You you might post something about your faith and about trusting in God and encouraging others to do that, but do you trust in God with your life, with your finances? You see, that is the mask of faith. When we, when we portray a stronger faith out there than what we actually have in here. And Jesus talked about one more mask, the mask of devotion. Now, Notice how these progress. We've got goodness, we've got faith, and devotion. It gets a little bit more defined uh, with all of these masks, and they sort of build on each other. So there's the mask of devotion, which is like faith, but on a higher level. We see a lot of that around here in in our area. It's, It's a lot like faith, but it's the mask of devotion is the appearance of having a much deeper faith. It's actually the appearance of being devout. Devout. Maybe instead of sharing a Bible verse every now and then, maybe it's constant. You know, people like that. Maybe you're like that. It's just a barrage every single day, maybe multiple times a day. Maybe instead of of quoting Bible verses, maybe you you start quoting well-known scholars and authors, and you're like, I I really don't understand this, but it sounds good. I'm going to put it out there anyway, right? Or maybe it's one of those weird, if you love Jesus, you will forward this post. How many of those have you seen? Right? Man, that's the silliest thing. But yet we buy into that. If you love Jesus, you will stop scrolling. That's nonsense. Jesus would say that's nonsense. And outside of social media, many people do this with the way they look. Just go to the grocery store today after church. Maybe it's the way we dress. You know, remember when, remember the suit and tie day? Oh, you wasn't a real Christian unless you wore a suit and tie. You, you can't preach the word of God unless you wear a tie. Seriously? Or, or maybe it's the long dresses, long hair, no makeup, no jewelry. Maybe that filter is added. Maybe that mask is worn. All right, there are many ways people wear the mask of devotion. And, and look, this is a big problem for preachers. Man, I see a lot of preachers acting more devout than what they actually are. I don't see, and this is a lot of pressure on me. I I feel like I can't ask you or expect you to do something that I'm not doing. But it's a big problem. Look at what Jesus said, Matthew 6, 16. When you fast, so look, prayer is one thing, fasting is another. 
It's like taking it to the next level. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. How do you show somebody that you haven't eaten? I don't know. I don't know how you do that. But they, they found out a way to do it. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Again, he's talking about the people who were supposed to be a faith, the people that were supposed to be uh, well-known for their faith. These guys would fast, but here's the thing. They wanted people to know they were fasting. They wanted to look pitiful so people would show them pity. We, do you know anybody like that? Right. They even changed the looks on their faces to appear to be sad, to appear to be suffering. Look, that is a mask. When you change the look of your face, that's a mask. They appeared to be suffering for a righteous cause, but they were mainly concerned with their image, what others thought about them. And Jesus said one final time, look, if you're doing this and behaving this way to be noticed by others, then look, that's all you're going to get. That's all. That's it. And again, for us, there's nothing wrong in doing these things. There's nothing wrong with devotion or showing people that you're devoted. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the practice itself. Jesus never once mentioned uh, it's wrong to pray. It's wrong to fast. It's wrong to do good things. He didn't say that. He said it's wrong to do that, to be seen by others. Why are we doing it? Are these things we do and the things we say and the things we post on social media for the recognition of others or for the glory of God? Are the things we do and say and post an attempt to make us look better than what we actually are? That's the line we got to draw. And the bottom line from this teaching is this, from Jesus, is not what we do, but why we do it. Not what, but why. It comes down to this. Who are you trying to please? Who are we trying to please? All right, Paul summed it up pretty good in Galatians 10. And just look at this. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. That's a pretty clear line. That applies to everyone, young and old. And if there's any advice that I could give to myself, if there's any advice I could give to my children and those I love, if there's any advice I could give to you, is this. You cannot please people and serve God. You can't. We can't do things for the approval of people and be authentic Christians. Yet we do this all the time. We spend so much of our time wearing masks. You might say, well, not me. I know I know people like that, but not me. right? Or maybe I'll, I'll wear a mask, but not this, extre this extreme. right? Not like these examples. Maybe I do wear a mask. Look, everybody wears a mask at some point. You come to church and you appear fine when you know your life is not. You smile, you smile to everyone when you're here 
But when you go home, when you leave this place, your face begins to change. Am I hitting home with some of you? You, you may be one person on Sunday and a completely different person Monday morning. So look, we, we all struggle with wearing a mask. We all do this. I do this. We all struggle with being authentic. So there's three ways that we can be authentic Christ followers. I want to go through these quickly. First one is just be honest. Be honest. All the points in this series are so simple, aren't they? But, man, so important. Be honest. Just be you. Just be real. Be the same person privately that you show people publicly. We might be able to fool others, but there's no fooling God. There's not. Actually, if you go back and read these scriptures, Jesus talks about these things, about giving and praying and fasting. He says, you need to do those in private. And God sees what's done secretly. The truth behind that is God sees. God knows. God can see our real motives. He, he, he knows, he already knows. So just be honest with others. And look, be honest with yourself. We never really consider that, do we? How dishonesty affects us. But it does. Look at Galatians 6.3. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Now, dishonesty hurts other people, but the person it hurts the most is you. It hurts you the most. So be honest, be genuine. Just like we are a name brand people, I'm a name brand person. Just like we love genuine stuff, God loves a genuine person. He loves a real person, right? So the second thing that we can do, first one's be honest, and this one, be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. I think the main reason that we wear masks out there is because we're afraid to show people our flaws. We're afraid people will see our weaknesses and our mistakes and our messiness, right? And look, the truth is it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay for others to know that you're not okay. James 5.16, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Man, this is so good. But how many of us do this? How many of us miss out on this blessing of healing if we're just vulnerable? There's something therapeutic about opening up and being honest with yourself and others there's something healing about opening up and allowing yourselves to be vulnerable now look being vulnerable does not mean weakness it doesn't mean being weak it means being real you be real being honest with yourself and others look we impress people with our strengths but we connect with people through our weaknesses Right? You might impress me with how strong you are, how amazing you are. I'm impressed by that, but you know how I connect with you? Through your weakness. 
Because I'm that way too. That's a lot like me, you see. So be vulnerable. The final uh, way we can be authentic is to simply embrace God's grace. Embrace God's grace. Truly embrace the grace of God. I think sometimes we lose sight of grace. We lose sight of what Christ did for us on the cross. We almost become used to it. But the, the hymn says God's grace is amazing, and it's nothing short of that. It's amazing grace. And here's the thing. Jesus died for the person you are, not the person you want or pretend to be. Think about that for a moment. Jesus died for the real you, not the person that you put out there for everybody else to see. The scripture tells us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Not while we were perfect. Not while we were righteous. Not while we were holy. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come for the sinners, not for the righteous. Embrace God's grace. Our lives are messy. We'll all agree with that, right? We have messy lives. But look, that is why Christ came and why Christ died. And God continues to shower us with grace upon grace upon grace. You want to live outside of God's grace, then pretend to be somebody you're not. If you want to continue to be in God's grace and in his goodness and in his mercy and in his provision, you be real, you be authentic, you be genuine, and you embrace his grace. We need to cherish that. It is the love story of God's grace in our messy lives that that's what the world needs to see. They need to see that. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 7. This is probably one of my new favorite verses. It's, it's beautiful. Look at this. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. Look at this. To show, what are we showing? That this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Wow. The clay pot, this clay vessel, this jar of clay, the treasure is on the inside, not on the outside. And we spend so much of our time showing people the clay, and we don't show them the treasure. We're supposed to show how gracious God is, not how great we are. When we embrace God's grace, we are showing that amazing grace of God to a lost and broken and messy world. We're showing people, hey, what God did for me, he can do for you. Our lives then become living proof of a loving, grace-filled God. And we show people the real us, but we also introduce them to a real God. You see, are you wearing a mask today? Be honest, be vulnerable, and embrace God's grace. If we do those things, I believe our lives become authentic. 
I believe we, we become genuine Christ followers, and that's what God wants us to be, and that's what the world needs to see. A real me and a real God. Amen? Well, let's pray together. Father, I thank you today for your grace, your love, and your mercy. I'm so thankful for this truth found in your word, this scripture given to us that was preached by Jesus himself. These words are so powerful and so meaningful and so important to our lives. Help us to be authentic. Help us to be real. Help us not to seek the approval of others, but the approval of you in our lives. Help us to do things for your glory and not our greatness. Father, when we see what you did for us on the cross, what Jesus did for us, he died for our mistakes. He died for our weakness. He died for our infirmities. He died for our faults. He died for our sin. What great grace that is. What amazing grace that is. Help us to embrace that and honor that and be real and be genuine and show this lost world that there is hope, there is forgiveness, and that we're just like them. We are just like everybody else except we have embraced the grace of a loving, saving God. I pray this morning if there's anybody here that doesn't have a relationship with you, that they would just look to you, turn to you, realize how much you love them, realize that your son came for them and died for them just as they are right now at this moment. They don't have to clean themselves up. They don't have to go through a multi-step program, a checklist. They come to you as they are and embrace your good grace. I pray that they would do that today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.